Welcome to the DGD Podcast, the Georgia Bulldogs podcast for dogs. From the gun again on first down, fires wide, Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, this is your host, Robert Reynolds. With me today local high school defensive coordinator Brandon Anderson. He coaches at Dudley High School, uh, 2016, uh, four, uh, 4A, I think it is. Uh, no, no, not 4A, uh, 2016 state champions nonetheless. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Not bad, man. You know, it's a good day. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice day up here in Greensboro. Obviously, you know, you're probably 10 minutes away right now uh, talking offline, but, uh, you know, kind of some important things here. You know, a lot of people uh, in the Georgia fan base, you know, might not know this, uh, but you actually, you know, put your hands on a couple of uh, key pieces here uh, for some Georgia folks. A uh, couple names here that if you're not familiar with, you're about to be uh, Peyton Page and Miles Murphy. Uh, and the, the Miles Murphy I'm referring to is the one at Chapel Hill, not Clemson. Um you know, so obviously I know you said, like I said, 2016 state champions. Uh, you know, Peyton Page, if you're not familiar, if you're listening to this, watching this, um, you know, Peyton Page was a key piece, right, from a, on a defensive line, uh, and he's actually at Clemson right now. Uh, you know, as a Georgia fan, you're probably, uh, if you're listening to this and Georgia fans, you probably understand the guys like Percy, Miles Murphy, K.J. Henry, but Peyton's definitely a piece there, and we need to be – uh, you know, ready for him come September 4th. He's, he's a really good player out of the Dudley uh, high school system. Uh, you know, and obviously Miles Murphy in Chapel Hill, you could look at Miles Murphy, you know, playing a key piece this year as well. I know he had a good season last year, but when you look at it, you know, North Carolina has the potential to possibly knock off North Carolina uh, if they were to meet in the uh, ACC championship. But, but without, you know, obviously I can sit here and talk about it all day. Brandon, you know, what was it like, you know, to, to coach both of those guys? If I'm not mistaken, they were on the same team at one point. Yes, they was. I mean, it was kind of a, a, a little advantage. You have two big guys like that as your defensive line where you try to separate them so people want to run, run away from them so that they couldn't. Yeah, I know. Well, Peyton was probably, what, 340 maybe at the time, I think. Uh, Murphy was probably 300 and both guys were about 6'3", 6'4". You know, that's that's a, you know, that's a mountain of a D line right there. You know, so obviously you want to talk a little bit about Peyton, uh, considering I think he has more uh, close proximity to what we're going to be experiencing here. Obviously, you know, I know you're high school, but I know you probably uh, follow the college game here. September 4th in Charlotte is going to be a huge game. Uh, You'll probably be rooting for Peyton as well. I mean, I am, even though I'm a Georgia fan myself. But, um, you know, what what does or what did uh, – did you see, you know, that stood out about Peyton uh, the most? Um, he got a, a good work ethic. Um, this is size alone. As a freshman, when he first came in, I looked at the boy, young man, I said, my goodness. I told him – when I told him when he came in, I said, if you stick with the program, believe in what we teach you, get stronger, uh, learn, you're going to be a different player. And that's what happened. Um, he got humongous hands. Um, and it makes man, he, he's 340, but he's not fat. No, some people yeah. are 340. And fat is not. He's none of that. 
you know, looking at Peyton, though, I was watching a little bit of his tape there uh, on 24-7. Yeah, he played – I know we talked about this offline as well, but in, in your defensive scheme, he played uh, a mix between a three-tech and your true nose, uh, obviously depending on the team and whatnot. Uh, you know, I, I see him kind of a, with his size and, and stature. I could see him, you know, at Clemson, obviously not really doing enough, enough research here to know this. I can see him at the defensive tackle spot or that shade uh, in Clemson. Uh, but enough about the actual X's and O's for now. Uh, what was it like, you know, obviously for me, I'm curious to see what it's like from a high school coach's standpoint, you know, with an elite talent like Peyton or uh, Miles Murphy. You know, what was that process like for you, um, you know, dealing with, with the kind of level of attention that Peyton got in the, uh, in, in, during his high school process? And um, you try to keep them, um, you know, stay to the ground, especially when I have Peyton and Miles, you know, you know, they have all kind of colleges hitting them from all different directions. And I used to try to just keep them, like, humble. You know, like, they haven't done nothing yet. I just remember you go on that college level, everybody's going to be on the same level. Um, make sure they work, still work hard, work efforts very hard, um, and just maintain, the, the, um, you know, what we're teaching them. You know, don't get the big-headed and everything. Um, I think we did pretty good with that, with Peyton and Miles and everything. And uh, just make sure they stay hungry. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things right there. It's like, I, I feel like – at times you can see kids kind of get let their ego get away from them. Uh, and, and that really makes an impact on, you know, their work ethic there. And really the work ethic, in my opinion, I would, I'm going to have to assume from a college uh, coach's standpoint, you know, one of the main things that they could look for outside of your talent is your work ethic. Uh, you know, especially looking at elite programs like Clemson and Georgia, you know, the talent is never an issue. They're going to recruit at a high level. Uh, they want to get guys that fit their culture, you know, and that means guys that have a, a, a relentless work ethic and, you know, other things like that. You know, the X's and O's can be taught, but I feel like work ethic uh, and things like that and the effort cannot be coached. I think that's got to be something that they want, uh, and, and that's just self-driven there. So I think that makes – does that make sense that that's what I, I feel like a college coach would probably that's add? Right. And, and honestly, I probably – I'm assuming here, this is a lot of assumption here, uh, just from a fan standpoint, you know, when college coaches come to Dudley, right, you know, and, and they're talking about a specific player, you know, I, I think a, probably a generic question, you know, might be, you know, what what are they like? Uh, you know, what is their work ethic like? But how important is their grades? I, I know grades is important, but, you know, what generally, generally speaking here, what is more important? Do you, do you hear a lot of their grade questions or do you hear about, you know, football questions? It's going to be first, it's going to be grades because they're not going to waste their time trying to recruit a kid if they're not um, getting their grades right. And I always try to tell kids when they first come to high school, do not mess up your freshman year because if you do bad your freshman year, it is hard to get your GPA back up. It is very hard. So, like, you know, we had several times we had kids that didn't do good for their freshman year, didn't realize, okay, they get recruited. But now your junior and senior, it's hard to get that GPA, GPA up back where it should be. Yeah, and I know as a college graduate, I understand the importance there that freshman year. You know, not saying nothing bad about it, but typically your freshman year, you're getting a little bit of the easier classes, so you have to stay on it uh, from an academic standpoint. And you know, if you know, as a as a parent myself, you know, I think it's important 
you know, not football related right now, but I think it's important to to stress the importance of an education. Uh, you know, whether they're getting recruited in football or whether they're not, you know, education, in, in my opinion, is more important than anything you can ask for. You know, but when it comes to recruiting and things like that, guys, just understand that, like, you know, these kids are exceptional athletes, athletically, uh, athletic specimen, you know, really to kind of feast your eyes on. Really, it's just a sight to behold. But, you know, there's a lot more to it. There's a reason why it's a student athlete, not just an athlete. So, you know, obviously this little portion right here, you know, this kind of thing to me is always fun to talk about because, you know, at the end of the day, they can't take your education away. They, you know, things can happen and you can lose your athletic gifts. But the mental and the education, that doesn't go away. And, they, and nothing can happen to take that away. So, you know, thank you for bringing that up right there to me. That, that's something that I, I, I really enjoy hearing. Uh, you know, but then, you know, obviously with Peyton and, and Miles, right, you know, Chapel Hill coming for Miles, Clemson, you know, just kind of a give a brief rundown. What were some of the schools, you know, that were, you know, constantly at your door, uh, you know, trying to talk to you about, no, you know, not just those two guys, but I know, the program had uh, a few other guys that were getting recruited, whether it be elite, you know, like top level D1 or, you know, whatnot. You know, what are some schools that typically walk through Dudley's campus or walk onto Dudley's campus? We had Tennessee, Georgia, Clemson, Tennessee, Georgia, Georgia coach, he flew to the school and then on the game field, See Peyton um, on on during school day. Um, we had every I think every school on the East Coast came to the school. And so since I was a defensive line coach, they had my contact. So I got many, 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 many phone calls you know, about the guys, you know, um, about the grades. What you think? They, you know which way they think they're gonna probably persuade them to go or whatever. And so it's it's probably every school on the East Coast came. To Guys. Oh, I figured so. Now, one of the things as a coach, you know, I think you look at coaches, you know, obviously I, I, you're a middleman between, you know, the colleges and, and and your players. You know, and one of your responsibilities is to filter out the BS, to say the least. You know, how often, you know, how often do you see, you know, BS in air quotes there? How often do you see that and, and, and try to, and how is it? Is it difficult? Is it easy to tell it? You know, to tell a kid, look, that—that's a bunch of BS. Or, you know, what was that like? And kind of get a little bit more detailed there, maybe. Uh, with schools, I always, I always try to tell the kids, you know, you gotta, you gotta research the school. You know, if a school is recruiting you, you need to see how many people in that position still on the roster. You gotta see how many is graduating. You know, uh, how many scholarships they have left. You know. And if if you're interested in a school, if I want to commit now, can I commit? Because it's different for somebody to give you an offer, but can you commit? You know. Yep. The, um, the difference between a committable offer gets a lot of kids if you're not careful. That's why an important. That's why I feel like it's important for a coach to tell them, "Hey, you can commit right now." This is what that means. You have to tell them the difference there. So you know, a lot of schools keep kids hanging you know, on string along. Like they offer them, but you can't commit right now because you're not their number one guy. You know, so we all, I always tell my kids now: if a, if a school offers you, ask you, ask them. So if if I want to commit today, can I commit? You know, and they tell you if they have I, what what you are on their list. And, you know, and I always tell a kid: put a, find a school that's 
for you best best fit you, not nobody else. Cause every college or every surround is not for you. So you need to choose what's best fit you. I think that's important to know too. I, you know, looking at these schools, right? Like one of my issues here is, is this committable offer or the offer stance, right? You look at school like Georgia alone had a couple hundred offers out. Obviously, there's you know really typically like maybe 25 on a normal year, all uh, scholarships that can be actually committed. You know, so one of my things is you know you look at Clemson, and this might be something that you've understood here. Clemson, you know, they they seem to kind of do it in a, a non-traditional way that I think is actually more beneficial. You know, they, they don't throw out so many offers. You know, you look at Georgia, like I said, a couple hundred, Tennessee over 400, if, you know what I mean? And, and that causes that backlog of committable offers. And, you know, as a kid, it kind of, you know, to me, it makes it difficult. I would think it would make it difficult for them to really go through the process and like it, you have that, you know, say for instance, you want to commit to Georgia, but they tell you you can't. You know, so, you know, that kind of leads kids along like you were mentioning. And it's just it's aggravating a little bit, but it's kind of the nature of the beast. So, you know, the, the thought you said about, you know, talking to a kid saying that, hey, if I wanted to commit right now, can I? You know, I think that, you know, that shows a lot about the school, that how they're recruiting them, because it shows their priority for that for that recruit. Yes, it does. You know, I just don't like to train kids at all. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big deal, right? Recruiting like high school recruits, this is it's really kind of like a once in a lifetime. But you know, it used to be that saying, right? Now you can sit there, go to the transfer portal, and get recruited again. But uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, you look at you know that's a big decision for a you know fifteen year old kid, for, well, fourteen to seventeen, eighteen year old kid. That's a big deal, uh, in, in and they haven't had to make such a big decision in their life. So you know, there's a lot of you know, I'm sure there's a lot of questions and priority uh, are starting to get set there. You know, some kids want, you know, some kids really look at education. Uh, some kids look at, you know, get me to the league. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I want to talk about the current state of uh, Dudley, right? I know we talked about your defense. Um, and one of the, I know one of your, one of the athletes here, um, Makai Wall, uh, you know, I really took a uh, took note on Twitter. I was seeing that he ran uh, a one state championships in track, right? Won a couple hurdles, yeah. uh, state titles. How how important from a coach's standpoint is a multi sport athlete over specializing in just one sport? We always tell our kids keep their options open. We'll just you know, if you're just playing another sport, keep your options open because every so something may not you know fall through. You know. Um, I love kids. I like we try to get all the whole offensive line, defense line to wrestle. The first thing is gonna keep them in shape. Second is gonna keep them out of trouble. And third is gonna keep their grades up. You got contact with them during the whole school year. Yeah. Yeah, to to that point though, for me, I look at it this way. I when I was in high school, I made the mistake of specializing. Um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, I wanted to do football, I didn't really want to do anything else. You know, but after, you know, obviously in retrospect where it's 100 percent in hindsight, you know, looking at it, right, there was a lot of things that I could have done, you know, whether it be track. Right. There's a lot of things, that, you know, not only from a, a fitness standpoint or wrestling in a fitness standpoint. Right. But you look at a lot of things that you can work on. Right. If you played baseball, you get that hand eye coordination, things like that. Uh, track and field, you can work on strength and speed. 
you know, so for me, I didn't look at that and I regret it. So you know, if you have a, have a child, uh, you know, from a parent standpoint, I think it, I think it does us well to let them know, Hey, look, do what you want, but you know, you don't have to specialize, right. Uh, just because, you know, I think, I think colleges do kind of take a look at that. I, I really do. Oh yes. And they like you to play numerous sports, you know, mm-hmm. show you how athletic the kid is. Oh, absolutely. I know, uh, Makai, well, he plays receiver and he plays, I think DB, I, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I know he's, he, a, he's a, he's a, he's a punt return to kick off return off specials. Yeah, I've watched the kid is fast, man. Um, you know, looking at it, you know, watching some seven on seven. I know y'all have uh, been going to some seven on sevens recently. I actually got one tomorrow, uh, which we'll bring about up, uh, bring about, and let you talk about that in just a little, in just a minute too. You know, watching some, you know, watching some of that right there with, you know, you kind of see the things, you know, from his standpoint, why it's good to play both ways because from a receiving standpoint. You know, you look at his ability to run routes, right, and, you know, basically create separation. But in my opinion, you know, working one way helps you transition over to the other side because you kind of see you, you have those tendencies that you know, so you can kind of better gauge what a, an opposing player is going to do. You know, from a DB standpoint, if, you know, you kind of know these tricks and tips and whatnot, that helps you be a better defender or, you know, being a defender helps you be a better receiver because you know what you know how to do things that the, uh, the opposing player might do for you um you know is uh you know who is do you have any other kids that are uh two-way players um no we don't try to do a lot of two-way players we do some but not not many really honestly i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at our team we have no no more two more two-way players okay that's yeah. I, I know I'm, so I graduated from Trinity, kind of a side story here, uh, right down the road in Trinity, obviously. Um, and at one point, I think my junior year, this was 07, 08, we, had, we basically had to learn uh, two ways because we didn't have enough, like a ton of players. So everybody had an offensive position. Everybody had a defensive position. And, and let's be honest, two-way players, they're, they're meant – like you can tell those guys are going to do two-way because – the amount of endurance it takes to play both ways and really not get a lot of breaks is it's it's insane. So I mean, to me, it, it's good to have those, uh, you know, one or two. But obviously, you don't want to sit there and have to push two way all the way across the board. Yes, you're right. But, uh, but not if you want to. I know um, we had talked about this. I wanted to get down, uh, get get there to it. I just couldn't make it. Yeah, tell people about this uh, seven on seven. I know uh, from a local standpoint, it's going to have some local schools in here, a uh, little bit outside, uh, outside the triad. Uh, tell some people about that. Um, we're doing a. We usually do annually a seven on seven tournament. We try to get all the top schools around North Carolina. Um, we play pool play first, then we go to a tournament wise. Um, one of our former. Players, he played for uh, David Adams. Played for the Redskins and uh, Chiefs. He usually sponsored it, but he have he's not doing it. He haven't done it the past two years, so we kept it going. We got Mount Table, defending state champions coming. Vance now it's called J.C. Chambers, defending state champion. They coming too. It's gonna be us. Um, who else we got? We got Pine Crest. Um, went to the regional quarterfinals. Um, we got 
Southwest Gifford, Southeast Gifford, um, Cummins, Smith. Got about we got sixteen teams coming. Um, it is all about getting kids reps and you know, getting better before the season starts. Because this probably going to be the last seven on seven. Everybody probably going to have it before the season starts. Yeah, I was about to say with with obviously in August should be the start of high school uh, high school ball. You know, seven on sevens, man. I when I did it, I loved it. You know, because you know, not only do you sit there, you get live reps, but when you especially do it against other teams, you know, it really, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, it helps you read defenses. You get better. Like, you know, people say every rep counts, and, and you as much a coach speak as that is, it, it you can't understate that. Like, you can't even overstate it enough. Like, every rep does matter, you know, whether it's a quarterback understanding what defenses, to, you know, and reading defenses, uh, running backs getting that timing down. Look, I did option. I hated option. You know, that's obviously a timing thing and really reading, you know, uh, like I said, I hated that. Did I say that again? <laughs> um, but no, you know, obviously with the way, you know, high school ball is, you're starting to see more, I'm assuming probably more pro style or uh, spread offenses, I would think. It's a lot of spread. Everybody's spread. You know, everybody got an athletic quarterback and they're spreading the ball, you know. So you almost got to have a linebacker as a defensive end these days. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, like you said, you do a 4-4 for the most part. And to me, that kind of is similar to Georgia's defense, right? Where you have four got four down linemen, but you have your outside linebackers, you know, rushing the edge. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and babble on about Georgia's defense. I, I could do it. I could do it all day, but um, you know, obviously you have defensive linemen or not linemen, but uh, linebackers at the outside, you know, could transition into what, you know, Georgia fans understand as a star, uh, you know, so, Playing the four four, it, it's really a, a solid defense that you can kind of have the flexibility to maneuver around, uh, depending on what offense is being thrown your way. Oh yes, I mean we can look at a four four cover three, and we but it's not the ball. We can go to a cover two out of that. Now with with uh, for instance, like if you have a um, you you say you run a four four, and do you have to look at your personnel to determine you know? what your base defense would be like, like I, I, my opinion, I think Georgia should be a, a true three, four, but we do the four, four, um, you know, looking at that right there, you know, do, how much does personnel play into defense or do you just consistently run four, four and, and just adapt with what you got? No, um, we would change the defense up to personnel and the team we playing. Um, we didn't got, we don't have enough linemen. Like one year we didn't have enough defensive linemen, athletic defensive linemen, so we went to a we went to a three five, and and also we we may change we may run three different defense in three weeks depending who we playing. We playing if we playing a smash mouth football, we'll we'll stay in our four four. We playing somebody slinging that ball around, we'll go to a three five three. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a multiple defense, really. I mean your four four, like I said, it, it really allows for multiple defensive schemes. So, I mean, that's why I think the 4-4 is probably – I wouldn't be surprised to see that more commonly than anything in your traditional odd or even scheme, you know? Yes. Uh, one of the things – I know a lot of my audience is Georgia-based here. And, and Georgia – I can't – there's no denying that Georgia has a ton of talent and, you know, one of the best per capita – probably the best per capita uh, in regards to high school talent. But, look, from my time in high school back in, like, the late uh, 2000s, you know, to now, 
I can't believe the transformation in the level of play um, in North Carolina. You know, looking at North Carolina, it, when I was in, you didn't really hear a lot of kids coming out too much, right? And if they did, it wasn't. It was on a different level. Now you're starting to see guys year in and year out, and and becoming more frequently. Uh, guys going to these top tier D1 schools, and, and really, it's a testament to the, the development and the coaching. So. You know, if for people in Georgia, you know, people in Georgia, obviously a lot of that is what it is, right? It's it's hard to say that Georgia is not one of the best uh, states, but North Carolina is a state on the rise in regards to high school talent. And look, and Dudley is going to be in the situation where they're going to be in contention for a state title. Uh, you know, obviously in Greensboro alone, you've got Grimsley uh, and Travis Shaw. You know, you've got Page, uh, Ben East, uh, Ben L. Smith. Uh, you know, there's so much talent around here. And it's, 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 I love being able to sit here and kind of be able to watch what's going on around me. Um, Brent, who's, if, for your season this year, if you had to choose one game, uh, if say if I were to instance, if I were to try to go to a game, what game would you suggest that, the one game this year uh, on your schedule? Durham Hillside. Durham Hillside. Now, I'm a, I, look, I, I've heard of Hillside before. I haven't been able to keep up with them too much. You know, that's a big deal. From what I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's a big, that's a big time school. Yes, you know, uh, they almost like a little like a similarity to us. You know, they're going to be athletic, uh, big linemen. So that's usually that's why we keep them on the schedule because there's always a good test for us. Interesting. Now, obviously, like I said, North Carolina is a state on the rise. Like I said, just yourself alone, you know, 2016 state title, 2013 or 2014, I think it was, state title as well. Um, and obviously, you look at the kids that you've got, you know, you, you coached up Miles Murphy, you coached up Peyton Page, kids like Makai Wall right now, you know, going to make a name for themselves in, in, in the NCAA. You know, obviously, it's a good time to be watching and keep it up with high school ball. I can't wait for this season. You know, obviously on uh, Fox Fox News or FM, uh, WFMY, you know, Friday Night Football, man. I can't wait to see the highlights and stuff like that. Uh, but, hey, man, look, thanks for coming on. I can't wait to do this again. And, look, I'm going to try to get out to Dudley at some point soon. I got to. Hey, hey come talk. You, you welcome in time. Hey, I'm going to have to set something up. <laughs> but, uh, that is all we've got here. Before we go, Brandon, uh, for anybody curious about uh, – you know, Dudley football or Brandon himself, where can they find you? Where can they find anything about Dudley football? You can go to um, Dudley, the Dudley football webpage or you can come on Twitter. Um, Coach Anderson, at Coach Anderson or Dudley, oh, at Dudley uh, Panthers football. And I don't have a problem. You can give me a contact. We can talk football. We can talk anything you want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> we're here to learn. I, I'm here to let people know that you know how we do things at in Greensboro. You know, and, and obviously, obviously, you know, to add to your point here, like I said, this guy is a really, really damn good uh, defensive coordinator at you know, like I said, at a local school. One of my things, guys, like I said, this is a Georgia podcast, but I'm from North Carolina. I'm gonna if I'm gonna use my platform to promote and really you know talk up North Carolina football when I can. Look, Georgia's had success in the past. You know, you look at Todd Gurley, you look at, uh, you know, Jordan Davis, Zamir White as well. Look, Georgia has success here in North Carolina. And, look, I'm just trying to bring you some names that, you know, maybe Georgia fans should keep an eye out for. 
but on that note, though, well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you're on YouTube. Uh, go subscribe on YouTube. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But on that note, though, guys, uh, I will catch you all on the next episode. And go dogs. <laughs>